passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Daniel Bryan. You will be defending your WWE Championship against... Kofi Kingston! It's gonna happen! It's gonna happen! As if they don't have too much on their plates The Kings of Combat Sports Podcast, John and Wade Talk about the things they did that day. They'll analyze the work of Vince and Triple H. You wanna smack down? 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 Hello, welcome to Rewind to SmackDown. I'm John Pollock, along with Waiting. We are here for the next uh, several hours, chatting professional wrestling, maybe even a little mixed martial arts with you. Waiting. Hello. How you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm doing I'm doing tremendous. That's all. Exciting stuff to talk about. We have lots of stuff to uh, go over tonight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, the way you just kind of like... I wasn't going anywhere. I know. I kind of set you <laughs> up. You just and kinda... I know you kind of feel this pressure to have to uh, take what I've given you and build upon it. Don't worry about it. Just say, John, shut up. Let's no, move on. <laughs> You drive were very... this thing to a destination. <laughs> I was just laughing because you were very dismissive about the great day that you've had. I've had a great day. That's it. Oh, uh, it was. It, there was nothing special about today. I went to the dentist, and that's huge. That's <laughs> like big news. Any cavities? I really, I really wonder what some people think of us as as social butterflies. What do you mean? <laughs> Like yesterday, I talked about uh, I went for coffee. Today, I went to the dentist. Um, my my dental outing, you know, I'd always go to the dentist, and usually every time I go there, I'd get some kind of a stern warning. You know, you gotta you gotta floss more. Blah 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 blah. And you know, I I'm not the best flosser, but I'm pretty good at flossing, and not the dance, the the literal action of flossing. But of late, the last two years, I don't know what it is, but I get like glowing reviews. Uh huh. I'm very happy about this. It's yeah. like positive reinforcement. They just tell me how great my teeth look, doing everything well. I'm like this is awesome. This is great. Very happy about this. And then they said, "Well, go schedule your next appointment for six months." And I scheduled it. And then I'm looking at my calendar. I'm like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait. This is going to be right in the middle of the G1." The woman's like, "What's the G1?" It's like, listen, it's it's a huge it's a it's a huge event in August, and therefore, uh, let's let's move it up, let's move it back a couple of weeks, get away from G one season. I don't I don't I can't spare an afternoon of going to the dentist when insanity is going to be raining that that week of the G one finals and all the SummerSlam stuff here in Toronto. 
So it's just no. going to be a mess. So I've, I've now reached the stage of my life where I'm scheduling dental appointments six months out with wrestling playing a big factor in that. No, life stops during G1 season. So you made the right choice. I think um, if you have any cavities, it can wait. I've never had a cavity in my life. Not one. Have you? Wow. I'm pretty sure. Sh- yes, I definitely have. And and I'm not some incredible uh, um, tooth, uh, teeth. Uh, I don't take, like, I, I don't do anything special. I brush my teeth a couple times a day. I floss intermittently. And I've been fine. No cavities my entire life. You're not much of what it is. You're not much of a sugar guy, though. I guess not. I guess that's that is maybe I, I don't eat great either, so you, yeah, I don't know. I think I've just been lucky. It's something you, I've avoided. You don't put sugar in your coffee. You, I never see you drink soda ever. Um, I, I'm not a big soda drinker. Um, I, I put a little bit of sugar in my coffee. I offered. I, I also I, drink a lot of black coffee now. I offered you a uh, Korean high chew candy oh. that on Sunday. That was like the, pretty much the only time in my life I've seen you have candy. Way that high chew you gave me, that's one of the best candies I've ever had. It's Way gave me this, and he just he just casually offered me one, and his his setup was it's like Starburst. I'm like, ah, eh, Starburst is fine. I tried this thing. I'm like, my God, this thing's incredible. And oh, yeah. I I waited and waited, and then several hours later, I got like this this bonus. Way offered me a second one. I was like, oh, thank you. And yeah. this candy is great. And you fucking have left it here. It's it's right next to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I've I, eyed it. But I'm such a great friend way. Didn't even think of it. Didn't I, even think of stealing your candy from you. No, but no. It's a, I, I recommend this high chew. I would love to. Uh, do they sell these in Toronto or is this uh, an import? I got this in Toronto. I got this in the store like that just opened up right next to your place. So What? Uh, maybe next time this I'll, is in my, I'll my show up. near in my distance, my, my near neighborhood. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you live. Wow. Uh, you don't live. You guys don't live that far from Koreatown, so it's it's not that hard to get. And maybe next time I'll even show up with a different flavor. Ooh, what flavor was it? Grape. I can look. It's a, grape. It is a it is a purple package that makes me think a, a grape. I just said that. Oh, it says grape right here. Yeah. I like grape flavored things, but uh, there you go. You I better chew. you better not like it too much. I don't want to be the cause of your first cavity. I'd feel <laughs> terrible. I would blame you completely. Go to the dentist. I'd be like, hey, have you ever heard of high chew? And they would be like, do you need a Kleenex? <laughs> we're, we're like creating quite the list of like potential sponsors between this extra butter coffee. Now we can hit up high chew. We need to do this more strategically. We're not getting a penny yeah. out of any of these damn people. I know. Got to do this a lot more smarter. Tim Hortons owes us already. Uh, we may owe them. As yeah, well. that's true. Yeah, my uh, my father in law always like he he saw our whole launch stuff and he's been waiting for the day we get some uh, a C and D as they call it. That would screen. we've talked about that. That would be the best thing ever for it, us. It, totally, it's a, it would totally be great. Yeah, great publicity for us. Tim Hortons goes after two local independent businessmen. We we get the whole city behind us. Get the whole country behind us. I think it'd be a viral story. Mm-hmm. All right. Take us, where, where, where do you want to go? What do you want to talk about first? Well, um, let's tee up the double shot, because we got a lot to talk about on that show coming up later today on the Post Wrestling Cafe. We do. 
Uh, Way is going to take us through Total Bellas from Sunday night because it was the big uh, Brie Bella Liv Morgan episode with the the injury from the kicks on Raw several months ago and the fallout to that. I'm going to be chatting about uh, two of the matches from the OTT homecoming card over the weekend. Have you had a chance to see any of this way? Unfortunately not. Uh, you just sent me the link t- today, so thank you for <laughs> for that. Uh, for sure. Now, let me link. clarify. <laughs> when I say sent the link, I bought this show. Yes, I yes. bought the show, and it comes with multiple downloads on Pivot Share, and therefore, uh, Way has a download. So I don't want anyone to think that I'm uh, I'm uh, ripping off OTT here. I, I spent money on this show because I want to see it so badly. And well, w- are you going to just yeah. tune out when I when I talk about this on the double shot? Do you want to me-, me to just talk to myself I, and I'll I'll message you when I'm done? Well, I, d- I don't want to be rude, but I, I actually I don't want to spoil this show for for myself. So maybe I, I, I will tune out if if that's OK with you. Yeah, I wonder if I could do this review without saying who wins. Uh, definitely no, not for, for one it. of them. Uh, but, you know, if if, if you why don't. Did, why don't I give you fair warning before I go over the finish? OK, cool. And therefore, the listeners as well. I'll save that review. That will be the very end of the double shot. We'll do that review last because I know some people will get on me for talking about a show that already happened. I'm going to respect everyone's uh, timetables and give them mm-hmm. fair warning. Perfect. What the two matches. I've only seen the two matches. I haven't seen the whole show yet. Okay. So we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about the latest uh, being the elite as well. I think you and I both had a chance to catch the Mark Henry documentary that aired after Elimination Chamber on Sunday on the WWE Network. So uh, we'll probably have a discussion about that as well. Yes. So all of that going down, uh, you can probably go grab the show now. If you join the Post Wrestling Cafe, just sign up. $6 US per month. And that gives you access to multiple bonus shows per week. The entire archive, hundreds of shows that we have done since launching the site. And that also gives you access to the Cafe Hangout if you are a double-double subscriber. And Friday's Ask Away show, where Way and I will go through the entire mailbag and go through all of your questions. And members will get that show on Friday. Awesome. Very exciting. And as well, I just want to plug one more time some of our network shows that are coming up on Wednesday. If you want to hear maybe more in-depth discussion about the OTT show, our friends at the British Wrestling Experience are going to be back with that one. Uh, They'll also be talking about Pac's match with Will Ospreay at RevPro. That just occurred. So tune in for that on their feed. And then on Thursday, I will be taking part in Braden Harrington's Up Next as Davey Portman is back in the UK uh, on a much-deserved vacation. And I'll be talking about uh, Johnny Gargano versus uh, Velveteen Dream. A lot of Johnny Gargano on, on, on this week, this week's uh, programming. Uh, a lot of Johnny Gargano this week and a lot of Pac yeah. this week. Between yeah. uh, I just watched him uh, in Dragon Hazy. Gate last week. Oh, my God, this match. Have you seen that match? I did, I did yeah. I watched oh. both both him and the, uh, the Rep Pro match. I they think were... it's my second best match of the year. Yeah, it's it's harder for me to say that. I mean, certainly it was a fantastic match, but without knowing KZ, not, without knowing much of the storylines, I can't say I was really as sucked in. But as far as like making splashes all across the world, this guy Pac, uh, he's been he's had quite the week. Yeah. So between that match, uh, Will Ospreay and Walter, yes, it's been quite the week for Pac and his poor finger mm-hmm. as well. All right. Uh, news. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot going on. Obviously, everyone saw the NXT talent was back on Tuesday night on SmackDown. So the latest we have heard is that uh, these four, they are kind of going to be doing actually triple duty uh, from now 
through probably around WrestleMania, up until it looks like the superstar shakeup when they'll be assigned brands. Uh, but for now, they're going to be popping up on Raw. They're going to be popping up on SmackDown. And it looks like they're still going to be finishing up stuff in NXT as well. Um, I've heard that the DIY story, it is going to have a resolution on NXT. And apparently they're going to kind of start taking a step towards that at Wednesday's taping. So something happening there because Wednesday night, NXT is doing their television tapings at Full Sail University. So that's kind of the current state. And, you know, based on their introduction way, I, I think it's fair to assume that this was this was not like a long-term plan. This seems to have come out of nowhere over the last couple of days and been a bit of a, been a knee-jerk decision to put these guys onto the show and change up a lot of stuff at the moment. Certainly seems like it. You know, you... Like, so knowing the amount of kind of time that they took to set up the previous um, NXT call-ups, uh, it would absolutely make no sense that they would all of a sudden call up the four biggest stars on that roster without any preparation at all. So <laughs> I think, uh, I guess jury's out to, to, you know, before determining how successful this particular call-up is, but... At the same time, I I don't think it'll be much of a challenge for them to you know juggle all three brands. The the, the um, NXT really just takes place within tapings. That kind of frees them up for all the other dates. Um, something about it kind of reeks of like maybe them not being so happy with the five previous call ups. So it feels like this class is almost replacing them. Um, but it's all really weird, I would say. And I wonder if like you know they had their their choice with hindsight any of this would be taking place right now or if you know the better option is to call them all up after WrestleMania as part of that shakeup it it was described to me like it was a very hectic day especially on Monday and the shows were being rewritten like right up until the last minute on both Sunday before the pay-per-view and Monday before Raw and I'm kind of curious what you think if you are the performers on the main roster I mean, especially a SmackDown performer that's maybe middle of the pack and, you know, at least week one, this like 80% of this episode was dedicated to these talents coming up. And we always talk about they bring talent up, but it's not like you're removing guys either. So it's just you're further clogging up the main roster and there's going to be guys that are going to get less time over the next few weeks when these guys, it seems, are going to be a big part of the program, maybe not taking up as much time as they did this introduction week, but nonetheless, these are guys that are coming up and they're coming up with pushes as well. This is going to be a problem for years to come with the amount of backlog of talent that they have right now in that system. And we're not even just like, we're like exclude NXT proper, exclude that you still have, you know, your NXT UK guys that are out there waiting for a potential spot to get on that main roster. Um, you know, even guys from 205 Live who are just kind of stuck there, not without that much, uh, you know, um, upward mobility. So uh, let, let's forget all about all of that and think about like where people, you know, such as your Mojo Rawleys end up at the, at the, at the end of all this. Like storylines are, are started for a lot of these people. But then, like, they're not followed up on because things like this happen. Um, it It's going to be an issue. And, you know, ultimately, I don't know what the solution is. They're not releasing anybody. Uh, is it just going to be a lot more people? Like, your Ty Dillinger is just not doing a whole lot, focusing instead on outside projects like a Twitch channel or something like that? 
I really don't know, uh, but I could see a lot of talent getting very frustrated at the lack of opportunity. Yeah, and we'll get into it in this Young Bucks interview, but it's it's interesting to see their thoughts on things that there is a certain overexposure for a lot of the WWE stars, especially on a three-hour Raw, whereas their view is that you know we, you can go a week without being on TV and the audience isn't going to forget you. And sometimes there can be you can be on television too much. And yet the the typical reaction for performers is that, you know, they don't want to be left off TV. They want to be contributing. They want to be on each week. And I think that there's a happy medium. I feel that there's I think you want to be on television, but you also want to be in in meaningful stuff that is going to assist your career. And I think it's especially the case on SmackDown where you have someone like Eric Young, who tonight had his third singles match on SmackDown since being called up. Mm -hmm. In the the case of somebody like Eric Young, I mean, I think to me, the writing's on the wall as far as, you know, where they see him. And I, I can't say that I'm too uh, optimistic about where his placement will become, you know, uh, the shakeup or anything like that. It just seems like him and the rest of sanity. It's just, they are firmly positioned in sort of that obscure below mid card space. Uh, They just announced on 205 Live that they're going to be doing a single elimination tournament to determine Buddy Murphy's next opponent at WrestleMania. So that's probably going to take up a lot of 205 Live television leading up over the next uh, month and a half until WrestleMania. And last year's tournament, that kind of sparked a lot of renewed interest in 205 Live when they had the the post-Enzo 205 Live. And, you know, do do you think a tournament, is that going to spark anyone kind of to... Dip in and check up on 205 Live, or do you think that the the die is kind of cast on that show? That it has its audience, and that's going to be kind of we're going to continue at the same pattern with the interest level. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say you know there's always certainly a market for hot matches. Uh, I hope that you know like last year they bring in a lot of fresh talent from your your other brands and people in the performance center, like they they did last year, I believe, with like Tyler Bate and Roderick Strong, if I'm not mistaken. That was that tournament, right? Yep. Um, I hope they do that again this time. But, uh, I, you know, even if you have, like, great matches, as we've seen on 205 Live, it's not really going to make a huge shift in, you know, uh, uh, pe- people's interest in, on a larger scale, unfortunately. So, especially, you know, knowing that the ultimate outcome is a match with the Cruiserweight title that will likely take place on the kickoff. I mean, not to say that that's worth nothing, because I thought last year Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander did a great job like even just uh, for a kickoff match, making that feel like it's a it was a big moment, and I think you know any number of those guys on Two Hundred Five Live having a spot on WrestleMania, even in the kickoff, is a big deal. So for fans of Two Hundred Five Live, fans of those particular wrestlers, I think they can use this top tournament to make it feel like something big and something very uh you know important for that show. I I wouldn't necessarily say it would it would change sort of um you know it would suddenly drive a huge deal of interest into 205 Live. Nor do I wonder if that's what they have in, like, it h- hopes for for 205 Live. They might just be happy with the level that, that it's at right now. Uh, this Young Bucks interview, uh, they did an interview with uh, the Sporting News with uh, Brian Fritz. And I, I found this to be a really interesting interview because people have so many questions about all elite wrestling. And I thought this interview... While they didn't come out and flat out state anything, I think you can read between the lines on a lot of this and get a better sense of 
what their vision is and what they're hoping to do with their television and and their philosophy overall. I, I thought that this was a really interesting interview. I was going to go through a few quotes here that we could discuss. Um, sure. One of them was just about storytelling. And Matt was stating that they want to do slow burn, long-term storytelling. We don't want to just give up on stories and we want to have continuity. It sounds crazy in the pro wrestling business because usually we treat fans like wrestling fans. It's like, no, this is the Netflix, HBO, Showtime watching people who sometimes will binge watch TV shows and they don't like plot holes. And he goes on to state that we've done 139 episodes of Being the Elite. Every single segment or bit on our show, there's a reason for it. There's a position for it and we pay it off. And I think that's music to any fan's ears that whether that is going to be um, something that they have a thousand percent batting average with, they're going in with that mindset. And I think that that is something that any company at the moment having great storytelling and long-term builds and payoffs is, is something that any company today could greatly benefit from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think as much as, you know, the elite are trying to downplay this like rivalry with the WWE, when you hear lines like that and, and pretty much like the entire, I would say ethos of like what this all in thing represents, it represents an alternative to what the WWE has been presenting on television. You know, they don't want to do three hours. They don't want to do, uh, you know, storylines without plot holes, which I guess is typically, <laughs> to me, a direct criticism of, of the Bobby WWE. Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush. Exactly. Sure. Um, so, I, I mean, it all sounds great. Um, I have no doubt that they have uh, great intentions as far as delivering on these promises. Uh, but, you know, as as they mentioned, like in that interview, television can be a different beast, you know, and, and, and they talk about this whole process just from doing all in, figuring a lot on like, you know, with with timing, a lot with like, uh, uh, I guess, promos and storytelling. So to me, it all sounds good. They have great intentions, but I don't necessarily think we can comment on uh, intentions. We have to comment on finished product. So let's see if they can do it. Let's see if they can all pull it together into a cohesive weekly television show that delivers on all of those pretty lofty promises. Yeah, and I, and I think as well, like inevitably, there's going to be conflict when you have th this amount of people. And even if it's a small number, like Cody and the Bucks and Omega and Tony Khan, there's going to be differences of opinion and there's ultimately going to be like, how are you going to resolve those conflicts when you inevitably run into them? And you're talking about big money that's being put into this. Um, you're right. It's, it's certainly, you can put on um, the best game plan possible and go in s with the best of intentions, but it's until it, they've so far been hitting home runs with all of their initiatives. And it's when they suddenly take a swing and miss how do they recover and deal with that as well amongst the five of them when there's going to be contradictory philosophies on how to approach things? It's things like that, you know, and like they also commented on how um, something like figuring out the timing of a show was a, a real learning experience for them at All In. And um, I think it's things like that that I'm very curious to see how they fare now that, you know, they have uh, uh, the task of potentially producing a weekly show. Yeah. Um, on the television front, they were at what is the ideal length uh, in 2019 for a, t a wrestling show? Definitely not three hours. That's for sure. Nick says, and they go on to uh, state that the sweet spot they believe would be one to two hours at most. And Matt really putting a big emphasis that they need to be live like a sporting event. And the, the whole sporting presentation has been a big part of 
the discussion and the way they're pitching this. So it seems like a live weekly show would be something that is kind of in the pipeline, what they're aiming for, and then balancing that out with, do we build to monthly specials? Are they going to be bi-monthly? Um, you could certainly look at, um, while the WWE doing three hours every Monday night and then two hours on Tuesday with monthly pay-per-views, there is a certain just overabundance of content, but compared to something like an NXT that does not do monthly takeover shows, and yet I'm certain that at times there's been pressures to increase the takeover uh, presentation and do those monthly because of the just the live hours you can produce on the network. Like people would tune in if they did monthly takeovers, but that would also uh, water it down. And that gets into the entire discussion about kind of the artistic side versus the economic side of what you're trying to do. And yeah. yes, you could pump out more hours. People are going to watch them, but what is the long-term effect of burning out that audience and whittling it down to a, a more hardcore niche that's going to be watching these monthly shows? It's like, you know, potential issues like this that I'm very curious to see how the Bucks, Kenny, and Cody will fare if they're faced with the decision from whatever potential network to, you know, potentially do a three-hour show or to put on more shows. How will they fight that battle? And at what point, you know, will they um, perhaps have to kind of, um, you know, just uh, compromise with 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 uh, something that might not fit with their artistic vision? Uh, in regards to Kenny Omega, they stated they, they knew the entire time Kenny was on board. In fact, he was Tony Khan had stated that he needs the Bucks and Kenny as a unit to be part of this, or else it looked like like he was just that was one of the kind of parameters. And it was actually Cody that they kind of had to sell this on. And then Cody was the fourth one to jump on board. And then they went through with this. But it seems like Kenny Omega was on this from the very beginning that he was connected. Really interesting to hear that because I mean I, yes. I I'd always thought Cody was like maybe one of the first to to you know coming like he certainly seems to take a bit of a leadership role at least publicly uh you know with regards to um the the promotion of All In um but I, I and and I wonder how that how that structure works with the four of them having four executive uh vice presidents I mean I think they're I uh, we we know they're all friends they did a great job putting All In together but. Uh, it could potentially be a lot of cooks in the kitchen. So uh, how will they navigate that? Huge question. Absolutely. It's it's great when things are on fire, but when there's problems and changes have to be made and you have, listen, you have the dynamic of a Tony Khan who has not worked in the wrestling business before. And he's essentially, like you would look at this structure, the buck stops with Tony Khan. And that um, that that's going to be certainly... Um, a dynamic at play here. So remember, these are also wrestlers who have to book themselves as a part of the show. So, you know, all the criticism that anybody's ever placed on bookers slash wrestlers, these guys might be subjecting themselves to as well. And uh, you alluded to the timing issues at all in, and they talked about the fact that it, it wasn't just Marty squirrel and Kazuchika Okada's match that went over. They stated there were about three to four matches that went over. And I remember this being pointed out at the time um, the fact that they didn't have an exit ramp. So all of the talent leaving the ring had to go up that big ramp. And that just each match, you, you've got to, all these minutes are getting eaten up by the exits at the end that, I mean, it just seems like a very small issue, but had potentially very dire consequences by the end of the show when suddenly you've eaten up all these minutes that have been reserved and the, we didn't account for the exits. So 
you know, those are little things that you're going to, it's going to be trial and error learning this stuff when you're producing this stuff on your own. Yeah, certainly things as a fan, like my, you know, somebody who's been watching wrestling for years, I didn't realize that was ever a thing. So I think it's, you know, what what's great about like how, how open the elite are about this whole process is that it feels like the audience is along with them for the ride. So when they do make mistakes, like, you know, uh, maybe a match going on a little bit too long, we have a lot of sympathy for them. And in fact, like it's kind of part of the experience of us learning about all this stuff at the same time as well. Yeah. So if you want to check out this interview, the link is up in my update from Tuesday uh, with Brian Fritz of the Sporting News. I just found it was a really interesting interview that there was a lot of stuff covered that uh, the Bucks have not talked about publicly yet and gets uh, you get a different sense of other things that are at play. So I, I'd highly recommend uh, checking out that interview. And uh, and one final note is that uh, UFC 236, April 13th, Calvin Gastelum is going to be taking on Israel Adesanya for the interim middleweight title as uh, Robert Whitaker unable to fight uh, following that hernia that he sustained uh, the day of his fight that he was supposed to have with Calvin Gastelum earlier this month. So that is happening April 13th. No location announced as of yet for that pay-per-view, but that's in less than two months time. So they've got to find a venue very quickly and announce it. So that'd be a good idea. All right. Time for SmackDown from Tuesday night in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, definitely a better crowd than Lafayette, Louisiana, uh, but still not, um, I, I would not say a crowd that was on fire by any stretch. Well, they were certainly like there for, um, I thought Alistair Black's match, they were very loud for uh, DIY versus The Bar. They were very there for, but then like Asuka versus Vandy Rose happened and there's just like a switch went off. And I don't know if it was just the, due to the quality of the match, or maybe they were worn out from previous matches. But I, I, to, to me, at least for the first half of the show, I really got the sense that they kind of had a chip on their shoulders after you know the, the way Lafayette performed last night. And people were certainly, at least for the first half of the show, trying to change the opinion of Louis, Louisiana crowds. Man, the, that poor Lafayette crowd. I, I felt know. bad for them today. It was like Shit. there's somebody who know. went to the show who apologized on behalf of the crowd to us so it's like <laughs> six seven thousand people don't all get together before the show and all agree let's fucking ruin this show by being quiet it's yeah. it's like you know there's there's good cities there's bad cities that have reps lafayette did not have an awful rep uh before this i mean it's a smaller city but it's a regular television stop for them they always do new orleans and lafayette back to back because they're in such close proximity to one another and you got a bad crowd like that was that was it. And you took, I, I you don't took know. a gamble with a, a reset show on a potential bad crowd. I, that's well, and, we and look like, listen, we can we can do a, a little bit of speculation here that this being these four call ups doesn't seem like it was several weeks out that they were planning this. And you saw tonight way on just a, a, an extra day. They had to put together video packages for Ricochet and Alistair Black realizing that, hey, we can't just assume everyone knows these people. And that was just learning from Raw to to have some video packages ready tonight. They made fun of that, actually, in the, the bar DIY backstage segment. That's right. So the show started off with Shane McMahon, and uh, he came out. Um, him and his hair went through a wind tunnel, it appeared, on the way to the ring. And he mentions the NXT stars from Monday night. Johnny Gargano? Champa, just Champa, Alistair Black, and uh, and Rick. No, he did have he did say Ricochet. 
I don't know if it was just you, Way, but when are we going to get Shane McMahon versus Ricochet? Like, that match is happening. A hundred percent, that match is happening, isn't it? For the title of the best in the world. I think it'll oh only God. be... Shane's going to try a 630. Oh, man. It'll only... They'll be tag team partners. They'll have, like, an epic series, like, you know, Ricochet versus Osprey. Absolutely. I just see Shane watching this guy's highlights. I'm like, it's good. <laughs> So he says that he has invited them to SmackDown tonight and they will all be in action. The Miz came out, says he hasn't slept in two days ever since they lost the tag titles. He says Shane took a risk by opting to team with him and Miz has a confession. I used you, Shane, because I knew you'd relate to the issues with my dad, knowing how you feel about yours. And he mentions what Shane did, bringing out his dad as a surprise when they won the titles, the crowd chanting Mr. Miz for him. And he said his dad told him, he was proud of him, and he loved him. And it was the first time the Miz's father had ever told him that. It was one of the best moments of my career, and one of the best in my life. And it was all because of Shane McMahon. I don't know if this paints Mr. Miz in the greatest of light. Like, I understand, like, there's a, you know, that, that certain um, paternal uh, resistance to, to tell a child that they love them, but a tag title is going to be the 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 barrier you cross in order to tell your son you love them. That's that's the golden moment. This I mean, sounds like a really harsh father, Mister Miz. It's hard for me to buy because the guy looks so like the opposite of that. He doesn't kind of look like your strict you know dad at all. In fact, he looks like just like a a, a super friendly dad. But seems like a hippie that would just be all about you know. Yeah, here's, love you, bro. Here's a sandwich. Or pizza or whatever he makes. Um, but I think it's it's remain like we we have to see where this ends up. Like I think the expectation is that this was all a ruse from Shane or from Miz, and that he was bullshitting the whole time. Maybe the dad was in on it. We don't really know. He says again that he's sorry for letting Shane down. He knows there's no more automatic rematch clauses. But you're Shane McMahon. Make shit happen. So the Usos come out, and they're willing to give them another shot, but they tell Shane to get a new partner, because The Miz is a joke, a loser, a failure, and a fraud. He's a wannabe A-lister with C-list skills. And Shane comes back telling him, don't disrespect my partner. And the rematch is on at Fastlane in The Miz's hometown of Cleveland. And this audience booed because I think they were hopeful of getting this match right now. And instead, it's going to happen. After At last night? No way. No, you, we're not giving your state anything. Yeah. Give you WrestleMania. We're taking it all away now. Yeah. Uh, you know, overall, I, I, I'm, I'm still really enjoying the pace and the developments of this storyline. I think they've done a great job with the slow build here. Miz and Shane uh, have been enjoyable in, in their feuds uh, or sorry, in their roles. I think uh, in ring, once you get over the idea that you know, Shane McMahon is being portrayed as the legitimate one of the team. And that Miz is the, the guy lagging behind. Miz is the weak link of the yeah. two, the former champion, yes. That's the story. I mean, once you get over Shane. that... Sorry? It, it's Shane. Like, as soon as I made that parallel to The Undertaker, it makes so much more sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shane is, like, Shane is the serious competitor, and Miz is the guy with the inexperienced joke. So, um... Once you get over that, I think you you know there's a story here that I think goes a little bit deeper, and I think the Miz has been doing a good job. Like he's been portraying it seriously, but it's the type of serious that's not so good that you like not a Mark Henry type of you know good. 
it's a type of uh, like serious that you know at some point he is going to turn and i i await that moment it looks like right now they're they're going to delay it for another month and uh to me it's it's the expected wrestlemania program for those two so what do you see happening here because i imagine it's going to be something similar to elimination chamber where it's going to be shane doing another one of his crazy stunts and Miz loses in his hometown in front of his dad. Probably his wife, his wife and child will probably be there. And then he's going to blame Shane for costing, for for showing off and costing them the match. Yeah, sounds good to me. I mean, I hope it's maybe a little bit more. Uh, I don't know if it needs to be more complicated, I guess. But sure, why not? That's not my well, job, John. I'm just here to, to poke holes into people's creativity. I'm not here to create <laughs> myself. Well, I, I listen, I've really enjoyed Shane and Miz together. I almost feel that, you know, getting so close to WrestleMania, they're they're gonna push this feud, but you know, these two certainly have a chemistry together. I thought Miz was really great in this segment. I did too. I like the Usos a lot too. I mean, he, they were taking a bit more of a heelish stance here, doing like almost like they were almost bullying. This poor guy, the Miz, making fun of his, you know, C list ability. But I, I thought Shane, I thought Shane was going to get a dig in on Jimmy. Whoa, they have not. They have not addressed it at all. No, no, and they have in the past. You remember when Santino Morella had that, um, mm. that 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 issue, and they brought it up. Um, it was a promo, I think, with Roddy Piper. Well, I mean, they made a joke out of it. I mean, Jeff Hardy is recently. Oh, Jeff is. Hardy, they just did on that table yeah. for three. You're right. But I guess and then turned it into the angle with Joe. I guess it's a little like more time has passed, so maybe it's less sensitive. Yeah, no, no addressing of uh, the arrest last week. Alistair Black and Andrade. Tom Phillips states, "In this life, there is good and evil, and somewhere in the middle is Alistair Black." Oh, okay. I guess this is better than the blue collar Alistair Black fighting for the nine to fivers. Yeah, it's better than the ninth of five Satanist, Alistair Black. <laughs> Off the clock. Where's my Where's my devil sticks? Uh, there's a video package on Alistair and what are devil sticks? Uh, I don't even know what I was talking about. Those devil sticks. Do you remember what the uh, devil sticks actually were? They were those damn things that you um. Oh, I know. I just googled it. <laughs> they I really had exactly. nothing to do with satanic culture at all. They were like, "How do you goofy, know the name like... of these things?" Yeah, it's I they, like you. You can't think of a more '90s object. Maybe pogs, but it was like there was a time where it was like pogs and devil sticks. Yeah, all those things where I remember the first time I came to school and there was a group of people with these. I was like, "What the fuck are those?" <laughs> and what are people doing with them? And then I watch and they explained how they work. I'm like, this is the stupidest thing on earth. I'll be over here with my magic cards, losers. Oh my god. Some someone out there is enjoying his big house that he made from his millions off the of devil sticks. Yeah, just laughing. I wonder Al- who created those. That'd be something interesting. Alistair Black playing with devil sticks, I think. <laughs> We're probably two months away from, I would say, on the main. God damn, that's a great idea. Um this was a rematch, uh, Alistair Black and Andrade, from TakeOver New Orleans in the same building. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania weekend last year. Interesting, right. Yes. And um, husband and wife is part of this. Yes, movie. yes. Uh, there was uh, the unspoken husband and wife in this match. Um, how long until Total Divas comes calling? That would be strange. 
But I mean, I think I think no, it wouldn't. Dean Ambrose burst open the the doors of who I thought would be on Total Divas or not. So Alistair Black, yeah. no no time that they might get this guy on. I definitely see Zelina Vega eventually making it on that show, and if she's going to be on the show, then yes, we will see Alistair Black. NXT champ began. Ciampa and Gargano are watching in the back, the two best buddies, and Black does his flip off the ropes into the seated position. They go through a break. Black fires up with strikes, knee to the face, and then hits a double knees off the turnbuckle and a bridging German. Uh, these two working very well together off past matches. Andrade with the running knees into the corner after a hip toss, and then the hammerlock DDT is countered. He gets dumped onto the turnbuckle. Black mass for the win. Um, significantly better performance here and match for Alistair Black and Zelina Vega just furious mm-hmm. at her husband's win. Absolutely. I mean, I could see Hunter after like last night saying, we cannot have this again. Who do you know the best on this entire roster? Let's Andrade. Put, let's put that match out there. And, you know, it resulted in a great TV match. They had two segments here on TV, and there were no breaks in action. There was no long formulaic chin lock in order to... Uh, Rest this crowd that was so evidently so hot on Monday that they needed a break with a lot an Elias chin lock. This was just straight impressive back and forth action, and it was awesome. You know, this was uh, again the first match on this edition of SmackDown in front of a crowd that felt like they had something to prove for Louisiana tonight, and they were far more reactive for this match. Yeah, and interesting Andrade was put into this spot because. Mm. Um, for that you know, reason, he, he was he was in the role to get Alistair Black over, and no yeah. mention of Ray and whether that feud's continuing or not. No, I I truly feel like it's because he these two have shown great chemistry in the past, and they needed a home run tonight for Alistair Black, and I feel like maybe that was part of the reason why whatever storyline he might still have going on with Ray was perhaps put on hold here. Gargano and Ciampa are backstage. They're interviewed by Kayla, who asks them, "I'm serious. Do you two think you can keep up the hype?" They looked at each other and they said, no, no, we can't. Ciampa says that they defy expectations. Gargano mentions, isn't it funny that we went to war in this building last year? It's hilarious, Johnny. It's hilarious. (laughs) And now we're together (laughs) and we're going to show everyone that this is the future. And I cannot wait to watch NXT of how this is all handled. On this week's edition, I wonder if they would have done. Uh, it might not be on this week's, but the next set of tapings, this yeah. is all going to have to be addressed. So I could, I starting could, next week. I could see the, like this Wednesday's edition of XT looking all of a sudden very different from like next week's. But I'm sure they'll have like more maybe like voice over something and be like straight off of uh, his appearance on Raw and SmackDown, Johnny Gargano challenges. And then they just cut back to like whatever commentary they had. Friendships are complicated. Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, they're on a hot streak right now. That's a pretty good moral. I had years to perfect it. Uh, The bar walks in and calls this, bring your NXT superstar to work day. Cesaro says, no one knows or cares who you are and tells them to stay away from SmackDown Live. And Johnny Gargano says, we're not here to set the bar. We're here to break the bar. And they just laughed at these little kids and they walked away. (laughs) I mean... You know, like we we've always seen, uh, I guess Champa and Gargano on on NXT. So, to me, this was almost like the first glimpse I've had of those two standing next to two of what I would say. You know, when you think of the bar, you don't necessarily think of giants, right? Like they're not on the level of like you know a Braun Strowman or anything. 
they're like on the higher end of average is what I would say. So seeing DIY next to the bar and seeing the bar tower over these two was had me maybe a little bit concerned for, you know, could I see Tommaso Ciampa play that same character he plays on NXT on the main roster against guys as big as, you know, Cesaro and Sheamus? It, it, it gave me maybe some pause. Um, but I think that was always the concern with those guys. God damn it. We got, we got light machinery here. Where the rest are you two? (laughs) Jeff Hardy is backstage with AJ Styles. They agreed to let bygones be bygones. What are these bygones? I I can't even remember. Well, they all hated each other, I suppose. Right. As, as recently as Sunday. Kofi Kingston walks in and he offers them a pancake branch, which is like an olive branch. But it's got pancakes on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about like comedy with this new Kofi. You know, I I know comedy is their thing. It's it's part of the gimmick. Pancakes are it. But I feel like in this moment, maybe dial didn't, didn't down. Didn't they do this once with uh, Eddie Guerrero when they were putting him in that big spot against Brock Lesnar on pay per view? They did. Um, what was it? He uh he brought out a uh food on a branch. For... No, that did not happen, did it? You yeah. No, um, I feel like yeah, I, I wasn't sure where you were going because I, I like if you told me that they did something ridiculous. I was like being that. sarcastic, but I realized like you could have totally bought like the Mary- I mean, you did have Brock Lesnar in a sombrero exactly. dance, so you did have yeah. that at the time. <laughs> Am I just <laughs> which to be honest was pretty funny? Yeah. Well, anyway, but like I, I feel like Kofi bringing out a pancake branch as his first appearance straight after a, a, a elimination chamber. Maybe not necessarily what I would, you know, uh, picture the crowd wanted. I kind of want a more serious Kofi Kingston coming off of that performance. So I would just dial down the pancakes a tad for the time being while he's trying to be taken seriously in the title picture. So the bar took on Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. Uh, Gargano and Cesaro are in and Cesaro's mocking him and landed a big uppercut. Ciampa comes in, clotheslines Cesaro, hits him with a knee strike, and sets up a suicide dive for Gargano, and then Cesaro catches Ciampa off the apron with a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker. Then the white noise is hit off the apron, gets stopped with elbows from Ciampa. Corey Graves notes Ciampa's pitbull mentality. That's the code word. Code word. Small guy. Small guy fighting. Yeah, anybody under 5'11 is a pitbull. I'm running a damn kennel here in NXT. Ciampa does a sunset flip off the turnbuckle and coming down his knee twists and everybody is fearing the worst Mm -hmm. because he bails to the floor and he's down there for like three or four minutes and then got back into the match. But I think everyone was worried about this poor guy getting onto the main roster and he's fucked up his knee. Well, at this time, I mean, recording the show at at 11 p.m. on Tuesday, do we do we know the extent? Uh, I, I mean, no, um. I he mean, he worked the, the rest match. of the match, and he wasn't favoring it. So, I mean, I watched the match, and it seemed like he was okay. But, mm-hmm. yeah, we can't say that for sure. Yeah. Gargano takes out both members on the floor. There's a somersault dive off the apron to Sheamus, a Rana to Cesaro. And then he does a La Mystica into the Gargano escape. Beautiful setup for that. And Cesaro is able to stand up and breaks out of it. And Ciampa runs in for the save. Gargano kicks out of the Irish curse, and then there's a blind tag by Ciampa leaping over and cradling she- uh, Sheamus for the win. So Ciampa and Gargano win, and yeah, I-, I thought this was a good match. 
I like the match a lot too. To me, like this was like almost dream match level. You know, when you have the, an entity like the bar going up against DIY, it was you know not again not like a takeover level. And I think I would say the revival match was better. Perhaps you know maybe a, a lot of the drama with like the knee injury to Tommaso Ciampa, potential knee injury to Tommaso Ciampa, perhaps affecting some of it. I certainly hope he's fine coming out of it. I was very concerned for him. Um, the way they positioned DIY here was again as straight up like. Pretty much baby faces, undersized baby face underdogs in this match. And I was almost like a little surprised that they positioned somebody like Cesaro as strong and as monstrous as they did here. Um, but here it was done so that they could position uh, DIY beating the bar as a major upset. If anyone goes back to watch the, the UFC card on Sunday, and this all makes sense in a minute, the fight to watch is uh, Vicente Luque against Brian Barberina. It, I, I think it's the my leading contender for fight of the year. It was this awesome fight. And Brian Barbarina, he's a very pale individual. And he's also a redhead who decided he's going to have a mohawk. And he looks like a dead ringer for Sheamus now. Mm, okay. Yes. They showed a highlight Thanks. package for Ricochet. I know when you don't give a shit. I'm <laughs> letting the viewers, the listeners no, know. No, no, no. I know you don't. I'm, gonna, I'm Googling him right now. No, you're not. Uh, so there was a highlight package for Ricochet. He's going to face Eric Young tonight. And then Asuka, uh, along with Eric Young, they were both let out of the witness protection program. Asuka came out and was interviewed by Kayla in the ring. Kayla mentioned that Asuka had the longest undefeated streak in WWE history. Um, shout out to Bruno Sammartino. And then <laughs> mentioned that more people are talking about Ronda Rousey than you. Do you feel lost in the shuffle? Oscar says she's ready for a new challenge. She beat Becky and Charlotte at TLC, and she made Becky tap out at the Royal Rumble. The first time we have mentioned that since the Royal Rumble. So she doesn't want to talk about them. All right, that's fine. You don't want to talk about the big stars? Enter Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. And Rose says she is the most talked about star, and she is ready for Oscar. Yep. And we got a non-title match. Very impromptu. Mm -hmm. The match begins, and they are quickly interrupted by Lacey Evans, who walks out, does her strut down the ramp, and then is approached by Sonya Deville, turns around, and she leaves. And this allows Mandy Rose to get the advantage on the distracted Asuka. Rose is in control after the break, landed a flying knee. Then Asuka comes back with strikes, a shining wizard, a knee to the face, and Mandy grabs her right eye, screaming in pain, and... She is not intelligently defending herself, and yet the referee is giving her a break here. So, obviously, Louisiana not following the unified rules. And Rose is playing possum and sends Asuka into the dreaded middle rope. And Asuka bounced off the middle rope, and she was rolled up. And Mandy Rose pinned Asuka in the city that Asuka hates, New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Another loss for Asuka in this city. Um... I was perplexed by the finish. This was a bad finish. Before the finish, I thought this was already a pretty bad match. I thought there was an absurd amount of stalling on the floor before and after the commercial break. You had another kind of nonsensical, very ineffective, very forgettable Lacey Evans appearance here in the middle of it all. Uh, and I would say overall, there was never enough in-ring action to capture this crowd's attention. This is when the audience just decided to take a nap, and I don't blame them one bit. Because this... This was a 
shitty match. And then the finish was perhaps the laziest execution of a possum spot that I've ever seen. The reveal had no reaction, and coming off of them mentioning Asuka as the person with the longest undefeated streak in WWE <laughs> history, Mandy pinning Asuka off of this finish, I I know she's not undefeated anymore, but I think any win over Asuka should still be treated uh, with a lot of care, and she should not be pinned off of such a poorly executed, cliched heel finish like this, so I thought this was awful. Yeah, and... I guess for Fastlane, it's either this match or, and this is a pure guess, I could see them doing Sonya and Asuka next week, and then you're doing some kind of three-way where the idea is Asuka's got to overcome the numbers disadvantage. I could see that too, sure. Um, so that looks to be Asuka's program for Fastlane, and I, I don't know what where she ends up at WrestleMania, but it doesn't look promising unless you have some ace up your sleeve for her. It's, I think, I mean, it'll be very difficult to lift her out of the, the shadows of this, like, Becky Ronda Charlotte program. And and, and calling attention to it as well. Yeah. And, like, that's kind of the character now. It's like, you're you're in the, the shadows of the real women's title. Um, that's yeah. it. Like, you're, you're calling out what everyone knows. And it kind of is an unfortunate role for her. Mm-hmm. Charlotte was watching this in the locker room. Showed off the bruise on her arm from the... Uh, attack on Sunday and she's asked if Becky Lynch will haunt her all the way to WrestleMania. She says, that's a good word because Becky is a ghost and therefore she does not exist. <laughs> the ghost of Becky Lynch. She goes over the house show attack, re-injuring Becky's knee and Becky is selfish. And next time she appears, she will be arrested. It's her and Ronda in the main event and it's the main event because Charlotte is in it. And that was our only involvement of any of those three women on tonight's show. There was no Becky, obviously no Ronda, and Charlotte was just in this one segment. They are respecting the suspension. Yes. The Miz is with Shane and tells him that his dad will be ringside at Fastlane in Cleveland. Ricochet versus Eric Young. No entrance for Sanity. Killian Dane and Alexander Wolfe are ringside. And Ricochet starts off, head scissors, kip up, and then drop kicks Young to the floor, does his handstand, backflip into his pose. And Wolf distracts Ricochet, allowing Young to send him off the apron, and he gets the advantage, grounding Ricochet, who eventually comes back, does his springboard uppercut and standing shooting star. And then he nails Young with an elbow, which cuts him open on the, like, his, uh, like his right temple. Mm -hmm. It's like, looked like he just nailed him. And... Follows with a springboard drop kick to Wolf off the apron, and then a Fosbury flop off to both Young and Killian Dane on the floor. Rolls Young in and hits him with the 630 splash for the win. Six minutes, 20 seconds. And obviously, the 630 splash is a breathtaking maneuver. They were very smart with that move in NXT, where he didn't win all his matches with the 630. It would be special occasions, but in trying to establish him, it seems like that is a big part of the ricochet presentation. And like, I hope, I just hope he doesn't get pigeonholed that he's got to do this in every single match. It's I, a small thing, but I feel this week, maybe you do need to go overboard in accentuating the biggest spots. This guy has and the six thirty is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I would say without the six thirty, I don't know how, uh, 
Monday's match might have really kind of resulted. And I don't know how this match would have resulted because I would say this was, you know, more of your standard slower WWE style match. The crowd really did not get into this one until the big dives at the end with the Fosbury flop and then the 630. So I don't know. Maybe it was just, the crowd maybe was worn out or maybe it just wasn't as interesting of a match as people were hoping. Kayla, very busy night for her, is with New Day backstage and their new uh, TLC-inspired T-shirts. Yeah, the band. Yeah, yeah, not the not the pay-per-view, but the band. Um, Wood says that Kofi has been grinding for 11 years, and to put that into context, that's longer than Drake's So Far Gone has existed, longer than Instagram, and longer than Empire has been on the air. Yeah, are, are you surprised by any of that? Shocked. Do you watch Empire? As I'm listening to Drake and Instagramming myself watching Empire, <laughs> yes. All the time. Kofi calls this past week special. The WWE Universe has his back. They promote Kofi Mania. And it would not be possible without his brothers, Big E and Xavier Woods. And he says, I love you guys. And already they have a closer bond than Miz and his father. And he wants to introduce you to a guy he knows named Mo. Last name, Mentum. And then Big E starts their entrance. I hope they call up two guys from NXT and just call them Mo and Mentum. <laughs> Unfortunately, way four or five weeks in, they don't have it anymore. So I don't know if it's a proper name to be bestowing on any of them. Mm. Yeah. They replayed the Kevin Owens promo at the movie theater. And then we had our main event, six-man tag. Um, first, Brian and Rowan came out. And Brian's chest was just all beat up from those chops with Samoa Joe. I mean, this looked like this guy had been... Um, just massacred. He he always shows it though. Like he bruises really easily. He calls the fans small-minded skeptics and quotes uh, Thomas Beckett, Joan of Arc, and Socrates, and says, "Well, they're not superheroes or celebrities, so you wouldn't even know who those people are. You're ignorant." He survived the chamber match, and he says he will not reveal his opponent for Fast Lane, but says it's not going to be any of the men in this match. Because I defeated all of them at Elimination Chamber. Uh, they promoted Ric Flair's birthday for Raw on Monday. And then the match began. Brian and Kingston were going to start. But Brian immediately tagged himself out. They got the advantage on Hardy for a while. Kingston eventually came in with Orton. He hit the boom drop. But then he got sent to the floor. Orton dumped him onto the desk. And after the break, they've got the heat on Kofi. Orton misses Kofi. You won't believe what body part connected with the post in the corner. The shoulder. No, Orton went head first into the post and cracked his head open. <laughs> the tag is made to Styles. He's in with Brian Ushigoroshi for a two count and then uh, has to deal with Orton allowing Brian to uh, land his head kicks, but then applies a calf crusher. Joe breaks that up. There's a twist of fate to Joe. Series of reversals. LaBelle lock is applied onto AJ, but the rope break is made. Pele kick delivered to Brian. Styles makes the big tag to Kofi, who back gets back body dropped onto everyone on the floor, but he lands on his feet, so he recovers, lands the missile drop kick to Brian, lands a trust fall to the floor onto Brian and Rowan, and then finishes off Daniel Bryan with the trouble in paradise. 12 minutes, 10 seconds, and then Shane McMahon comes out to announce hashtag Kofi Fastlane. He's challenging Daniel Bryan on March 10th. Yeah. Yeah, so not quite Kofi Mania, Kofi Fastlane. 
take what you can get. <laughs> and that plan was very much changed on like coming out of Elimination Chamber. I was told like Monday they made the decision. They had a main event in place for Fastlane and it was switched to Kofi. So it seems like it was a direct result of the reaction he's gotten and going with who they feel is the hot character at the moment, which is Kofi Kingston. Who do you think it would have been if it wasn't Kofi? Um, I mean, it's... Would have been one of these six. One um, of these five, I mean. Potentially, or one of the other heels on the show. Uh, yeah. Or baby faces, I should say, for Daniel Bryan. Hmm. A very good match, I thought. Again, they put the spotlight on Kofi as, you know, the, this entire main event scene is, is has been designed over the past week to get Kofi Kingston over. And what an amazing job that they've done. Uh, when it was left to Kofi and Brian here at the end, they killed it as you would expect. I thought this was a great follow-up to Elimination Chamber. Yeah, I, I thought this was a very um, fast-paced show. I, I liked the show a lot. I thought this was a big improvement over Raw that just felt very rushed, unplanned, and just mm -hmm. felt as though Sunday and Monday, there were just a bunch of gigantic plot holes that were impossible to get through. And it just seemed like it, it just felt chaotic. And that's what it sounds oh like went into it. And this felt like a more concentrated show. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I think that extra day between Sunday and, and, and Tuesday probably absolutely helps. But I, I'm curious to know like what this show might have looked like a week ago versus what it looks like today between the NXT call-ups and all the rewriting that you had to do for Kofi Kingston. Uh, a lot probably changed. And I thought for the better, because Kofi Kingston, I'm very glad to see that they're actually, you know, um, listening to the audience and giving them what they want. At least, you know, maybe not a WrestleMania main event, but at least a title match, I think will will be fantastic for Kofi and trying to establish him as a main eventer. Um, who knows? Maybe that match will be amazing and the ground of support will be so big that he'll somehow make his way into the whatever Mania program that they currently have. But... I, I'm I'm either way I'm glad that they're giving him at least this title program for Fastlane because think of all the times when they missed these opportunities that the crowd has organically given to them you know Daniel Bryan the first time around Rusev Day that was completely ignored and by the time that they capitalized on it it was way too late so I'm glad at least now Kofi is getting that focus the past week has been tremendous for him I enjoyed this edition of SmackDown I thought NXT guys came across better overall than raw um the only perplexing thing to me was the oscar mandy rose finish yeah yeah that was a down point of the show and yeah it's gonna be interesting to watch what kind of a reaction kofi gets next week they're in charlotte north carolina and you know i i think that this just the change of the fast lane main event it shows you that i don't think you can lock in anything uh, i know that they do have an opponent in mind for daniel bryan for wrestlemania but you you just don't know like this. I, I know like people like just kind of like roll their eyes when they hear about plans changing, like they really do change. Um, and I think that's pretty evident that at a moment's notice, Vince McMahon can want to go a polar opposite direction and the, the writing staff have to react and they change. And like WrestleMania is typically a card that they are locked into and they don't skew from that path. But you know, Daniel Bryan's match, it's not going to be the top match at WrestleMania. And it's one that kind of does have some flexibility. So the idea of them, if, you know, in two and a half weeks, the day of Fastlane, they feel Kofi's red hot. Should we do the title change? That's totally not out of the realm of possibility that they could have a change. And they, they just are going to adjust things as they go. What is planned today is not what is always going to be delivered tomorrow. Mm-hmm. 
absent from the show. Um, nothing from Carmela or Naomi. Mm, I guess they're not really involved in a whole lot, but nothing with Rusev. Shinsuke well, there were tons of people off this show. Ray, Rusev. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like that's that's what I'm talking about with these NXT performers coming on. Like so much of the show is dedicated to them that you know you are going to have performers that are left out at the moment, and you know th- that's not always the worst thing. But you do want to keep, um, you know, for for guys, they they just look at new guys coming on, and it's 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 still a fight for TV time. It's just so odd because it's like we're so close to Mania, and to kind of have to like you know make, um, like cut your your regular staff out for for brand new guys at this time is is certainly interesting. It's a, it's a, the toughest time of the year to bring people on, not just for those trying to be brought up, but also for the the existing talent as well. When mm-hmm. you're trying to focus everything to to peak for WrestleMania. All right, let's go to the feedback. We have a few pieces here. Tonight's show, one to ten. What are you voting way? I'm going to go seven. 6.82 for tonight's edition of SmackDown. Andrew from Cape Breton. So tonight was a much better showing for the NXT lot. One match in particular particularly I liked was Ricochet, Eric Young. It was different people. They don't have to be on the show every week, but every once in a while, I like to see different people on the show. Maybe Sanity isn't on next week, but two weeks from now, they can be on and they can do something. In WWE, they seem to have their core 15 to 20 men and women, and if you're not in that core, you're off TV for months on end. So you end up having the same matches beaten into the ground. I think that's one thing I like about NXT. They have a few guys who may be on every week, but they seem to organize things well that a good number of their stars get TV time after a while. I also hope Ciampa's knee is okay after he powerbombs Sheamus on his good knee. Six Mandy upsets out of 10. Yes, and we'll try to follow up on Ciampa and see um, if there was any issue. The fact that he continued the rest of the match and didn't seem to show any ill effects. um, I assumed he was okay, but yeah, we will find out. MJ says, do you think this is the start of talent moving from NXT to the main roster and vice versa? Hunter did mention a few weeks back he'd like to see talent move across all the brands, and I could see this being introduced during the upcoming shakeup after Mania. I guess MJ means people going back and forth from NXT to the main roster and then back to NXT. I don't know if I see that happening. No. I, um, I think that ultimately... The NXT guys, I see them, they'll wrap up their stuff in NXT, but like once you're earmarked for the main roster, you're on the main roster. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. He says, uh, I would love to have a Money in the Bank type of match at Mania featuring all the NXT stars where the winner gets a title shot at whatever he wants who want on any brand. Tonight, the NXT 4 have had a better match and had a be- much better night, and I largely think it was due to the commentary by a team that called them in NXT. That really stuck out to me. Question, is Ember... Ember is out, but it seems like they would have been a great second women's match. That would have been a great... Sorry, I can't read today. Rekindling the feud from NXT where Ember never beat Asuka. Any chance Ember can potentially make it back? No. No, she won't be back in time for WrestleMania. And Jalen from Pickering. It didn't really feel like the show really started until the New Day's promo. Waste of time out of 10. (laughs) To the point, Jalen from Pickering. Didn't enjoy the show. All right. That will bring an end to Rewind to SmackDown, unless there's anything else you want to get off your chest way. Nothing. If there's anything, we'll, we'll mention it on uh, the Double Shot. All right. So go log on to uh, the Double Shot. If you're a member of the Post Wrestling Cafe, that's where Wayne and I will be hanging out, chatting about uh, many more different shows that we watched over the past week. Uh, so thanks to everyone for listening. We'll be back later this week. We've got the 
Cafe Hangout Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll be taking your phone calls. Uh, the guest situation, TBA. And Friday, we've got Ask Away. Lots of great stuff to look forward to up at postwrestling.com, postwrestlingcafe.com. Up next, British Wrestling Experience. All that great stuff. That is it for us. Goodbye.